Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a while. Hello and welcome to the dark forest. It's Jackie Cation and it's May. I will tell you that May, I'm all over the place. I am in Boston doing the Women in Comedy Festival, uh, the weekend of the 8th, May 8th. I am working all over Los Angeles doing various headlining sets for Andre Belikov, uh, who I don't know very well, but has booked me in things like Golita. So you can check my schedule on, on my website. I'm in Scottsdale at Stand Up Scottsdale the weekend of the 23rd and 24th. And I'm in Tacoma, Washington outside, uh, Seattle in its own city called Tacoma, Washington. The last weekend of May and then the first weekend of June, I'm doing Anime Con again, uh, Acon in Dallas. Live Dork Forests, stand-up comedy. That's right. JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com. Those are the websites. Mike Rickberg just sang that song he composed with his girlfriend, Sarah Cohen, and he will sing uh, the Mexican hat dance at the end of the show. Patrick Brady will fix this audio. And then Vilmos just updated my website, JackieCation.com, with some new headshots and stuff for, for people and a really great picture of me and Tiberius that the headshot guy took. Um, also on my website, there's plenty of merch. Dork Forest t-shirts, the new CD, the new DVD. This will make an excellent horcrux. So... Go for it. There's also a link on there to the $5 download of the DVD show if you just want to download it and watch it that way. The DVD has a bonus, one bonus track, and that's exciting. You could also just donate. Donate to the show if you are enjoying The Dork Forest. $8.33 a month is $100 a year, which is what I was hoping from each and every ranger. 100 bucks a year, 833 a month. I haven't made it easy. You're going to have to remember to do it. $8 in there, but there's a donation button on dorkforest.com, tdf.libson.com and jackiecation.com. There's turns out there's donation buttons around. This month's episode is sponsored by my sister and there is an ad. She's a helper magoo. She's a financial advisor with RBC Dane Rauscher and she's a good egg. So if you are looking for financial advice, I would recommend that you get in touch with my sister, Daryl Location, and you can hear her ad now. Thanks a lot for tuning in. At RBC Wealth Management, social responsibility starts at the top. As a part of the Royal Bank of Canada, RBC has been recognized among the world's financial, social, and environmental corporate leaders. Our sense of responsibility extends to our reputation for putting clients' interests first. My personal commitment is to help you achieve your financial goals, by also considering sustainable and responsible investing strategies. To learn more, visit www.darlacashian.com. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE FINRA SIPC. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I am in my living room. Very exciting. Mike Kaplan has chosen the green, the dork forest. You could be a proud owner of it uh, by either being on the show, uh, like Mike Kaplan is or about to be on. stealing it from Mike Kaplan. I've got- you, you could push him down <laughs> yeah. if you've always wanted the medium green American-made, the dork forest t-shirt. <laughs> 
I'll be wearing it at times. You can uh, get get the shirt off my back. I'm a nice a nice guy for people who mug me. Right, exactly. You have a, oh, but why don't I introduce you? Uh, uh, fair ladies, enough. Apologies, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, we're back. We're back in my living room, and I'm with my Kaplan friend and great comic. How you doing, sir? Uh, great. Uh, that's a very nice of you to say and have me. And uh, you are also those things to me. That is exciting. I think uh, uh, I just saw your new animated. Thank you. You, we did it animated with Greg Franklin. We, we both, both did, yes. and then after that, you have continued to have things animated. I, yeah, I, I found a, another guy. There's other, another guy. There's I other people who loved, do it. Loved Greg, Greg Franklin's. I almost said Granklin. Love Granklin's work. <laughs> I don't have a lot of time. I gotta, I gotta He's speed like through this. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that Banksy's real name is Brian Anksy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. I think you're now. Now everyone here knows. Now but, everyone. But the huge reveal. It of, was a, of Banksy's name. That's amazing. So you are the secret. <laughs> Uh, gatekeeper of. The- I don't think a lot of people know this. We went to high school together. Banksy. <laughs> <laughs> and he told me one night when we were uh, we were having shawarma and uh, just hanging out, little gyro, some shawarma. Um, yeah. So yeah, Greg Franklin, and then you just kept going. And I I like the the new bit because it's off of your new album too, right? It is. Uh, it is actually. It's from as of now the newest album that came out last year. Oh, okay. That, oh, but, your last album. Yes. My yeah. My. Meet Robot on Comedy Central Records came out in 2013. 2014, May, as of after May, uh, then it'll be out then forev- be forever. Yeah, then it definitely. Yeah. And then comes <laughs> July. Oh, guys, it's, uh, I'm sort of my dork, uh, I mean, my dork out situation is, uh, calendar. Chronological. Yeah. And time. <laughs> exactly. I do like time a lot. I'm a big, I'll, let me say, I'll say the name of the thing and then I'll get into time. I'm really, let's. really like time. Uh, small Dork and Handsome is the name of my new special. Adorkable, the <laughs> fact that it's called small, small Dork and Handsome. I appreciate it. And so you did an album uh, just a year ago, and now you're doing another album. Hello, Captain Prolific. I'm uh, I'm doing what I I mean. You know, it's you know how it is. You write things and then you you kind of finish them, and you're like, I guess that's done. And you then you get excited about saying right. other things. And you're like, yeah. here are these things, and eventually you're like, I don't want to forget those things. So right. So I, someone should record them and the put time. them out. Yeah, yeah. And then of course you write the new tag a week afterwards, and oh, you're like, well, there, there's a come moment, and see me live. There's a moment in Small Dark and Handsome where I say uh, a man. I talk about a man with the penis of a horse. Uh-huh. And I say, man, horse penis, probably. And then probably, literally, like, you know, after the recording, like, centaur penis. I didn't have it, and now <laughs> I, that's not... Right, it had to be revealed. Exactly. It had to be uh, afterwards revealed. It would be a bonus feature on the DVD if physical DVDs were still a thing that uh I, I, I published mine. You have physical Most copies. Physical, all region. Because I went to Hong Kong, and I was like, wow. those guys uh, don't have region one DVD players. That and makes- so, and there is a bonus thing, but my bonus thing is essentially me choking, uh, the night, the first night that we recorded. Oh wow. Yeah, it's just the a, whole, the whole thing? No, or- just a two minute me looking at the audience going, well I've forgotten what the next joke is. <laughs> we got a couple of choices here. <laughs> that is, it's nice to, uh, to let people know that that happens. I've moved the curtain. Let's, and then, and then I went into the back and then I looked at my notebook and then I came back out on stage. And I was like, yep, this is what the next bit is. And they all thought it was a part of the, part of the plan. And it was not. And, uh, and then as I kept going, they were like, oh no, she really didn't know what the next, th- okay. All right. So this will certainly pay off in some larger fashion where, uh, whoop, no, it's, uh, oh, just, nope. uh, just no, in- it does not insight into the character of a comedian, mm-hmm. uh, which the positive character. It's look, if you make a mistake, you can admit, like, 
Life many, is imperfect. Right. Everybody has jobs where they uh, tend to drop the ball occasionally, and then they uh, regroup. They regroup and start again. That's what, yeah. what comedy is as well. The problem with that with politics is like, you know, you make one mistake and then oh, right. or just change your mind about a reasonable thing. And then like everybody's like, oh, he said one thing once and now he's saying another thing. And he doesn't, he didn't, he's a flip flopper. Didn't know about the future. So right. uh, <laughs> we didn't hire a psychic for the job. Right. We thought we were going to hire a psychic to be the senator. And it turns out that is not happening. Yeah, he did. He promised that he would know the future. So did you, by the way, did you happen to hear, um, Obama's set at, uh. Not yet. I have it. I'm in my queue. It's in your queue. <laughs> I'm going to buy his new album where he works on his Orange is the New Black <laughs> oh, uh, <yeah>. chunk. <laughs> and, um. Yes, we orange. That's I, I couldn't, I just wanted to say something fast is all. Right. <laughs> well, you came in. You were the one who came up with Daniel Dad Lewis. Oh, yeah. Of I, the, uh, of the great books that I've, that I've, I read five in a row and then, then, then you know, you ever get to a, a, a saturation point with an author where you're like, even I know it's going to happen. Next. I, I could write the next one. So. Wow. You you I gotta take a minute. You should. I mean, that's what happens with people every once in a while is, uh, like, you know, James Patterson, very prolific, yeah. uh, author. Now he's just like James Patterson and, so, like, has like four or five different people that, you Oh, know, that just can like, write in his voice? Or I think he, like, he must plot it and then he's like, and eh, I'll run with it, you know? <laughs> and so then he can put out, he probably puts out like four books a year, I Holy bet. Holy smokes. That's my guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well. Yeah, so I love, I do like, Time. If I yeah, fact, I let's like, dork out about time a little bit. When I remember watching like a Batman animated series, you know, yeah, I just started watching that actually. Ago. Ago. Yeah, someone just lent it to me. It's exactly it was it great. holds up. And it there was one with the I think the bad guy's name was Tempest Fugit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and you know he had he he put things he could stop time in like localized places like to so be like oh Gotham now doesn't have time moving but everywhere else did so that doesn't always oh, right right that is weird and that's the power that that if you know there's a lot of powers I would take any a lot you know any useful power that didn't have any downside only the blessing not the curse right <laughs> uh, <laughs> would it be a um what would be I mean I can't imagine like a time a time travel kind of thing. There has to be some cost to that, right? Uh, certainly. Uh, I mean, I've read uh, The Time Traveler's Wife, so that, uh, right. that, that could was, happen. That was mediocre, you have no wasn't control. it? Yeah. I thought, I mean, I didn't see the movie. I thought the, did you read the book? You, yeah. Okay. I, I accidentally read the book. Understood. Mm-hmm. I thought it, I, I didn't have a problem reading the book. Well, my problem only lies in the fact that, uh, the implication was that it was a romance novel mm-hmm. and it was a unique romance novel where there was time travel. Oh, sure. And, uh, let me tell you something. There are buildings full of crap, uh, that has been written, better written, worse. Worse written, many worse written. I mean, it wasn't bad, yeah. but it was uh, the fact that they they made it sound unique made me um, angry at it before I began, oh, then which isn't fair. If only the marketing campaign had been, because that's not the author's <laughs> fault. The author at isn't all. like, guys, get a load of this. Get I lo- am, the, have you heard of time? No? <laughs> I Perfect. Am, I invented this genre. It yeah. turns out she knew she didn't. Innovation. Now somebody's like, oh man, I've never seen this before. All I see is things that I've written. Marketing, <laughs> what have yous. But I do like the idea of the power to stop or slow down time. Okay. You could use that for so many things. You could use it to appear to teleport. You could be like stop and then just walk somewhere else. Oh uh, right! Somebody's about to punch you, then you duck out of the you, way. Do it slow mo. You could run fast, get a bunch of you know endorsements for sneakers, and be like, "Well, it's not the sneakers. I'm just I'm using my power to slow down time." But you can pretend to do that if you get these sneakers. Right, right. It was so you would so you like the idea of time travel. Yes. Um, what else do you? How do you feel about? The aging process, mm. like, because that's what we're all doing. Oh right? yeah, it's pretty terrifying at times. Right, uh, like. But I, I like when, like when I look in the mirror, mm-hmm. I think 
a couple of years ago, 2011. Right. Uh, I was on Letterman for the first time. Right. And I had a certain haircut where it was longer than my hair is now, sort of parted and then, you know, had sort of bangs that like, you know, swooped in front of my face. And I, I'd had that haircut at times, but I didn't, hadn't looked at it. I saw myself on TV and like my hair up, I feel like my, my forehead was much higher on one side at least. Uh, side that wasn't oh, covered. Right, right. And I was like, oh, that's not the way I thought I looked. Right. Uh, and so then I, w- I cut the hair shorter so that it would, it got rid of that appearance. But now every once in a while I'm like, oh, is it, is it still, is my, is my head getting bigger? Is my <laughs> hair getting smaller? I know it's getting gray and I like, uh, my dad's hair is completely white. Okay. Uh, and white I, is cool. Yeah, very nice. I like, uh, people often have complimented the, the, but, the graying sides. Mm-hmm, it's uh, it's mm-hmm. a cool thing. It's a cool thing that happens. Uh, I mean, I know I'm, I'm a man. If I go bald, if I get fat, as long as I'm, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, society, I win. But, uh. Well, um, well, oh, right. Cause yeah, you have certain advantages as a fella, but, um, but it is, but it is still scary. And, and more and more now they're just, they're, they're giving men a hard time for aging. Oh, yeah. As well. So, yeah, um, everyone should have a hard, I mean, you know, yeah. to be, to be fair. But, uh, I mean, I think we all, you know, we all look in the mirror, see that we're aging. We're like, oh, that's, that's heading towards death. That's unfortunate. Yeah, I'm going to not be a thing eventually. <laughs> right. I will eventually, we'll call it. And, but that's fine. Because, yeah, the, I mean, the, the aging thing, I, I never really thought of it until, until recently where I was like, oh, I am going to be 50. And then that seems to be something people, uh, like there's a lot of greeting cards ha. that address, uh, <laughs> and if I, if, uh, and by the way, anybody out there ever hears me say I'm a young 50, feel free to <laughs> smother me in my sleep because it, uh, it seems painful. But yeah, cause we're all, you know, we're all in love with, with youth. And so, but yeah, 50 I do. 50 is the new black. 50 is the new black because black people are cool. What? <laughs> and, uh, so what about, um, what about time travel? Would you time travel if you could? Would you go back in time? I mean, I have. Would you a, go in the future? In time? I would certainly, uh, I mean, you know, the, the, uh, what kind of time travel is it? Is it, is it the time that the kind that we can change things? We don't know nothing. Oh. Like, I, cause I have joke, I have some jokes about it where I think the way that it, Makes sense to work. Like, the, the, the jokes I ever like about how, like, Back to the Future doesn't really make sense, because if you went back and made your parents not meet, then that would be, like, an immediate paradox. It wouldn't be like, oh, you know, it'll be a few minutes until... <laughs> until you, everything you catches up. Time to not screw that up. <laughs> or, like, the, the new, all new X-Men thing that's going yeah. on. Like that. I like Brian Bendis and his writings, and so I like what he's doing, and maybe there, I feel like just alternate timelines are being created. Right. That, that's what would happen. Like, if you go and kill Hitler, maybe you could kill Hitler, but then there's still, like, all the timelines where Hitler didn't get killed, right? You just—it's just sort of branches off, yeah, yeah, the, alternate dimensions, yeah, like yeah. sliders, you know, yeah, more slidery than than that's how you how you think time works. I think I think either that or it is actually—I mean, it's probably impossible to actually do it. But if it was possible to do it, then it would either mean you couldn't change anything, so you couldn't get to do important things. Oh, right. Or you, you, so you're just there the whole time, right? You're just like ah, ah, Hitler, ah, gun jamming, you know, right? Did you ever read that uh, 1963 book uh, by Stephen King? I did not. And because David Dana Gould suggested it, it looms. It's very big, and it looms over my bed uh, as I stare at it and go, "This is not going to be okay for traveling," because it's on eleven hundred pages and oh, it's yeah. like this thick. Have, so, have you heard uh, about? I feel like there's a new thing. It's uh, like some sort of devices that, uh, like, you, they can have like so much information within them, but they're actually smaller. Like, that's just the size of a tiny, uh, oh, like a, an e reader. Does it start with uh, a K? <laughs> Is it a Kindle? Yeah, it starts with a Kind. 
ends with an O. It's true. Uh, I do like the paper. I also I like do. The paper. Oh, but I do have kid. I have a Kindle. I mean, I have the Kindle app anyway. And so, yes, I have books on the Kindle <laughs> for an emergency. Of course. Right. Just in case, uh, I don't have another book. I can go and reread the awesome books that I have on my Kindle, which are all rereads. They're all rereads. Oh, Silmarillion. Interesting. Yeah. Cause then okay. I've, I've already, cause then I don't have to, it's, I don't know why it's easier. I, uh, I was, I went on some dates with, uh, and I'm friends with a person who worked, work, works, worked for Amazon? Nook. Oh, Nook. Nook. So I, I, I got to borrow a Nook for a while, uh, and ex- experience that I like. You know what I like about reading comic books on a Nook or what? graphic novels is the, here's the thing. This is, you know, a very minor inconvenience to the comic book reading experience. So you turn the page mm-hmm. and then peripherally, you can't help but see some, uh, occurrence on the following, but you haven't read a page oh, and a right, half. Right, you might you see, see a panel. Yeah, you see a panel, and you're like, I now I know what happened. You know, it's one page is spoiled for me. Right. Uh, but on the on the on the Nook, and I assume on the Kindle as well, you can set it on like panel view so that it goes literally panel by panel, and then when you finish a page, you see the whole page in total. Oh, okay. Uh, so that you can like literally, this can't happen. You will never see two pages ahead. <laughs> okay. Because you just and you get to see like the panel real big, and so you can see more detail, and it like jump. It goes in the exact you know, when there's a complicated set where you're like, what, who said that? He says that. And then who says yeah. what? And then it's like traveling like a maze. Yeah. And it'll and like the, whoever's in charge. Like sometimes it plays across to the top of two pages. Oh yeah. And, yeah. You ever, yeah. I, I feel the dumbest. Like when I read a whole half a page yeah. and then I get to the top and then somebody's like, who already left the room is <laughs> answering talking a question. Again. And I was like, Oh no. I, and I was like, I, I think I just assume I'm stupid because <laughs> I didn't exactly understand what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I am stupid, but for a different reason. Right. Well, we all have our we all have our challenges, but uh, here's the weird thing. Okay, so did my Brian Michael Bendis write Days of Future Past? Um, the movie? Yeah. The I don't know if he did. I assume he's involved in the helping. He's he is a helper. Uh, I like powers, yeah. and uh, I like torso, and I liked many things that he has written. Yeah. His comic books are drive. They drive me up a banana tree. He's writing Guardians of the Galaxy right he now. Is, yes. And I want to smother him in his sleep because it's never about the the last arc he wrote. It was essentially about the X-Men. Oh, the Guardians of the I've Galaxy were yet, peripheral. But, huh. And you're like, no, no, please have, I mean, write an X, I mean, he does, he writes X-Men. Yeah, he's like, yeah. yeah. He's got plenty of X-Men going on, doesn't need to encroach his peanut butter into my chocolate of Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. It's going to be fine. This is a, this is what I notice about you. You like to be told up front what something's going to be. Time Traveler's <laughs> Wife, if somebody said, hey, here's a story, it's been done before, maybe done better, maybe done worse, this is done pretty well, I know exactly what it's going to be, I'm going to enjoy it. Hey, here's I a story be. involving the Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy, maybe a little X-Men heavy, call it X-Men featuring Guardians of the Galaxy. How about that? I'll love it. I'll uh, be I might love it. Right on board. Right. But because I... Uh... Because Andy pulled from the long boxes the original Days of Future Past from the 90s. Sure. Chris Claremont, I guess, uh, the writer of that little tome. I remember him. Uh, super, I never read comics in the, in the 90s. I started reading probably 2003, 2004. Interesting. I know. I'm, I've, I've come late. I don't always get things. That's fine. Andy always has to go into the long boxes and he loves to do it. Yeah. He's like, allow me to what, offer you this stack of- What a major, like, coup that is for, like, you, you didn't know that this would be an, like, when you got, yeah. you got together before 2003, you and he? No, no. After? Yeah. Okay. So 2003, you start reading comics. You meet this man. He has comics going back decades now. Right, right. And now just you, you not only marry him, you marry this whole collection of I, comic books. Actually, you are correct. We met and then he introduced me to comic books. Uh-huh. I had read the, them in the, 
when I was in junior high, I used to read Spider-Man. Okay. And the team-ups. That was the only, those were the only fun ones. Those are so much, the very, one of the very first comics I ever remember buying was for this exact reason was Secret Wars. The very first number one Secret Wars cover just like every superhero. Yeah. Like X-Men, Avengers, Spider-Man, Hulk. Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. just like, this this must be the best. This Why isn't every comic this comic? <laughs> like, it's everybody. Why doesn't everybody do this? Right. And right. then sometimes you have Marvel team up where it's like two characters, like Howard the Duck and the Thing. Like, who cares? How but did they meet? Two of yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are they gonna fight? You Is know? it gonna be awesome? And yeah, but Days of Future Past. He was like, you know, every every, every X Men movie has been taken from a Chris Claremont story. He said hmm. is what I did not know. And um. So he said, in Days of Future Past, it's only two issues. Huh. The entire thing he created, and, and, and the repercussions of those two issues are still all over the X-Men universe, which is what Bendis wants. Bendis wants to make that kind of footprint in comics. He's he wants, he constantly is killing people and then resurrecting people. And he's like, how about this one? Did that, did, <laughs> and then he creates the sentry and then he tries to retcon the guy back into the, oh yeah. Yeah. So, but, Alias, I like a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. And, uh, but he, uh, um, so I tried to read the Chris Claremont, the two. They're almost unreadable for me just I've, because of the way they're laid out. I never really enjoyed Claremont's stuff very much. Like, I don't yeah. like, I like to talk about what I do like. So yes. I'm, I'm going to name everybody else and I won't name Claremont, but I still bought all the X-Men. I started in like the nineties. Okay. Uh, buying comic books. The only okay. comic that I've read, I buy every single issue. Yeah. From the, the early nineties. Yes. Say is Savage Dragon by Eric Larson. I don't. Wait, Eric Larson. I know that name. Uh, Eric with a K, Larson with an E. And he. Nope. Don't he, know that. He name. would always follow <laughs> Todd McFarlane. Like when Todd McFarlane did Spider-Man or Amazing okay. Spider-Man, he left and Eric Larson would come on and be <laughs> and the, artist. the next. And, uh, and then when he went to Spider-Man, same thing happened like with many different things. And then when Image started, they both went over and, you know, Todd was doing Spawn and then Eric Larson was doing, uh, the Savage Dragon. And he's done, you know, as from 20 years worth, you know, almost. I've never read Savage monthly. Dragon. I love it. It's just so much. It's like an action. Like we're, it's just a really fun, straight ahead, just very superhero-y. Just action-y kind of, do you, yeah. do you read Invincible? Uh, I do read Invincible, yes. Right. Yeah, it's, it, it's fun, it's fun like that. I okay. Would say. Okay. It's and is fun, there a dragon? Uh, he is, there's a man with green skin and okay. strength and a fin. Right. And for years and years, you don't know how he got that way or why. And Eric was like, I'm not going to tell anybody. It doesn't matter. His origin's not important. <laughs> he's just found burning in a field with amnesia. And they're oh, like, you're okay. very strong. Will you become a police officer? He's like, all right. So he's a police <laughs> officer. And then he goes through many phases. And this is a character that Eric had written. Uh, as a child, like, so he, as a child, for sometimes he would be like the Hulk, like a man who turned into this big green thing. Yeah. Sometimes he would be a man with just a big green fin mask. So, right. And then throughout the years, he had storylines where those things would happen. Like the dragon's soul went into an actual human or, oh. you know, he died and then, or his son or the, yeah. all these. And so it's great when, I mean, the great thing about it, obviously creator owned stuff, like as opposed to, I mean, Bendis does great things with you know, the actual characters that you're not allowed to really right, do a lot or, with. I mean, yeah. it's a strange way. Like right now, Cyclops is a weird dickhead, you know? Yeah. Uh, and you wouldn't have thought that would have, Oh, he was a good guy. You yeah. Know? yeah. He's You'd always, think he'd always be a good guy, but yeah, but with but Savage, Savage Dragon, like there's like sometimes people like, Oh, you, you're responsible for destroying the world. We're going to put you in jail. <laughs> like I'm actually not totally caught up right now, but he might be, I think he was on death row last I saw. So well, that is, that is creator owned because you, yeah, you can do whatever you want with it. And it's my, one of my favorite things about, it's like stand up because then you can write whatever kind of stand up you want to write. Oh yeah. That's, it's so strange like that, you know, the only times like when comedians get, people always ask questions like, oh, isn't it 
what about like the, the, the apology culture of, oh, right. of today where you say a thing and then people get mad at you and then you have to apologize, which is only really the case if you like, number one, are famous enough and yeah. or like are beholden to some other masters, right? Like Tracy Morgan <laughs> says a thing and like the people at NBC are like, oh no, we, uh, we can't have that. We'll yeah. Have to, you, you have to apologize. Yeah. You, we pay you a lot of money. So, uh, if you want that money, but, <laughs> right. like, but you know, if we say, we could say anything we wanted to and nobody's gonna. Right. Right now, someone is saying something horrifying and nobody knows anything about it. Which, except for the 200 people that are watching it. And it used to be that way for famous people too. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, no longer. Yeah. Now that's the price of fame is, <laughs> exactly. uh, you the to, price of technology, Michael Richards. Might know what you say sometimes. Exactly. It's so, I was just on Doug Loves Movies, mm-hmm. and I didn't remember I was being uh, audio taped. And I do it as a joke one on one, and it's usually with a barista uh, or a waitstaff. <laughs> but when I order a cup of coffee, sure. I will say I would like a cup of coffee, and if they're going to dress it, I always go the color of Halle Berry, <laughs> which she is very beautiful, uh, and she has the perfect caramel skin tone of a beautiful cup of coffee, so I am a jackass, and yet it is funny, and yet people know exactly what the fuck I want. So, it's a win. It's a, It might be funny, it might uh, get me what I want, and uh, don't hate me. Yeah, I mean, so, she... Like, people have different skin colors. Right. I don't think I'm making that is yeah. not, she's not you a surprise to her. Hey, uh, I'll have a cup of coffee the color of, of Halle Berry, who I hate. I, uh, <laughs> Halle Berry, who is the best of the people that I hate. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, it is never, there is never any hate. And uh, what what name shall I put on this cup? Uh, just put hateful. Just put, uh, <laughs> right. Uh, just put ass hat. Cup of hate, and, please. Yeah. <laughs> like a cup of hate. Ass hate. Yeah. Ass hate. So the the other thing you really enjoy are words. Sure, sure. I definitely. It's funny because people. Not that I'm. I, I'm trying to get away from it because I can't get away from it. Because uh, you speak. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we all. That's the thing. When people talk about my comedy, it's number one. It's very difficult to assess yourself. The say you. You know, people see you differently than you see yourself. Oh, completely. Uh, Alan Watts, the you know that thinker, yeah. the Eastern thought guy. Yeah. Buddhism and such. He said something once like about categorizing yourself is as difficult as trying to bite one's own teeth. Oh. Uh, so yeah, that, that makes other people could bite your teeth way better than you can because <laughs> uh, you have to use your teeth to bite your teeth. You know. Uh, right. <laughs> And so I definitely understand that, you know, uh, especially in like when I see it, uh, what I do reflected in other people, like it's really fun. Like sometimes I'll be on a podcast or I'll have somebody on my podcast or I'll just yeah. be hanging out and like friends of mine whose comedy is maybe uh, very different, you know, not fu- not as much full of wordplay necessarily. Right. Uh, will find themselves make it, you know, influenced by the sphere of they're like, oh, yeah, I could I could do that too. Let's like, play that game. It's a fun thing. Like yeah. at least or maybe it's things that they would think but wouldn't say. But like, oh, now I know Mike's here and he'll enjoy it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and I mean the dark side of it is that now people just think – because I don't just – I agree that most, I mean, I understand there's a puns are bad mentality out there. And the reason I think that is, is because many puns are bad. Like right. probably the majority, the majority of most things are bad. If you just have a bunch of people and you're like, monkeys, make some puns, punky, right. you know, like that's a bad one, right? That's not, uh, if a million punkies were sitting at, a million punky brewsters were making coffee, uh, that's what I call my barista, punky brewster. <laughs> right. Well, and yeah, I mean, everybody, it's, it's. It's for any game, you're gonna get better at the game. The longer you play. Oh yeah. And, and there are, there are dad jokes, and there are people who are really good at words, and, and, and wordplay. But yeah, have you always been into it? Or did your, did you have a parent or a parent-like figure that was into? I don't think my parents, I think maybe my grandfather was. He died when I was 10, but okay. I, re- I remember him as a child one time, 
uh, I think he shaved his beard off and had just a mustache and then said, I mustache around the room and then <laughs> ran. And, uh, but I, which is absurd. And, and yet grandpa, you make me laugh. Yeah. I, I, I don't remember. I, I assume I knew it was a joke, but I wasn't like, aha, that's what I must do. You right, know, right. uh, like a bat flying into Bruce Wayne's house and be like, I will become that. <laughs> Grandpa. Right, right. But when I, I, yeah, when I was 10 or 12, a couple of years later, I, the, the very first joke I ever remember making, like actively, was I was in uh, eighth grade, seventh grade, uh, and in math class, and I, for whatever reason, like, you know, the, we were sort of in a free time period, and I was at graph paper, and was sort of making like some kind of, you know, with ruler and pencil, some sort of design, like a fractal kind of thing. Okay. Uh, by, you know, matching up, you know, lines and squares, and it looked kind of cool, and like people were sort of gathering around me, and they were like, oh, neat, neat, that's oh, neat. And then this one kid, Jesse, was like, uh, but there's no point. Uh, and I stood up and I was like, you're right, I need to sharpen this. And I went to the pencil sharpener and, uh, and I feel like my teacher was like, I don't know if anybody, I think some people laughed and I think the teacher was like really impressed with, I guess, the speed at which yes. it happened. And I'm not saying it's the best thing I've ever done. No, but well, just, the weird thing about those jokes speed. as I will often, cause, uh, Andy Ashcraft enjoys upon a word play, a jokety joke and he loves, there's, there's some that, um, I, I always, sometimes I say, I've laughed against my will. Be- oh yeah. That's right. Very common. Right. And especially if they are, um, it's, it's a repetitive joke. Like the outstanding in your field thing, like my dad used to do is like every time. Yes. And that's, that's the thing that people, the reason why people don't like puns is because sometimes they've heard them too many times. And so it's just not new. It's being, again, like you, it's being presented as new. It's being like, hey, what do you think about this thing that I just came up with? I'm like, I've heard that already. People have already come up with it. You're presenting it to me in bad faith. You are not outstanding. Bad you are faith. down. Yes. Right. That cow is not outstanding in its field. Yes. That's just a cow at every time. And furthermore, like when you go to, when you go to see comedy, some, the, some people, some people love comedy for its brutal honesty. It's truth telling. It's, you know, eviscerating social right. norms. If you're, so, and not every comedian is like that, obviously. Right. Not every comedian is different. Brian Regan is different than Doug Stanhope is different than Maria Bamford is different. Right. And Sarah Silverman. And ideally, I always recommend people go know who they're going to see. If it's a showcase, then just be open to anything. But right. if you're going to see a person, don't be like, well, I saw one stand up. So that let's be like, I saw one band. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, it's exactly like I was in Hong Kong and the audiences, they had a good time. I had a good time, but there was very much a sitting there going, is this what stand-up comedy? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I get stand-up comedy. I guess I don't like, it'd be like, I like trying a food and be like, I guess I don't like food, you I, know? Right. I'm, yeah, this isn't what I thought it would be. But yeah. Yeah. Especially if you go to see a comedian and you have an idea of what comedy is going to be, uh, and then it's not that thing, then you, you are, the expectation is dashed in a way that you don't enjoy because you're like, oh, like if, if you start a sentence and someone's like, here's a thing that happened to me. And then it just ends with a punchline that's wordplay instead of a continuation that's like, mm-hmm. I got invested mm-hmm. in that story. I thought, I thought there really was. Right, right. Uh, an earthquake that at the Etch-a-Sketch Museum and all the paintings weren't ruined. <laughs> like like that, that old joke that I have. Uh, and yet it is a great one. <laughs> yeah. So, because the thing is, is, is you do, um, in, in your stand-up is that. It's a mix of, of real situations. I am mostly telling the truth. 
Right. And then I hope that people see along the way. I'm like, oh, this, 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 this. It's and- a caricature and then a twist. And that's the definition of comedy in many ways. There's a caricature and there's a twist. And that is what makes you laugh out loud. And every once in a while, I mean, I definitely, like when I've gone through breakups or something, I, I find myself talking about them more. And then like jokes will pile on. Mm-hmm. And then they'll eventually, you know, when sort of the wounds have healed and the jokes are still there, that I don't have that raw, you know, Mark Marini, you know, marinade, right, right. that Mark Marini. Oh, the Mark Marinade, which is yeah. nice. He likes to open a vein. And then uh, he's like, I'm opening a vein. Would you like to? Which is wonderful. That's, I mean, the best kind of wordplay is when it isn't just word, when it has, you know, oh, many, that. many things, you know, going like meaning to it as well as. Right. Uh, like, Did you yeah. ever re- read that um, uh, David Foster Wallace? I've not read it. Okay. Have you ever seen George Wallace? Uh, yes. And what do you think and about? <laughs> George Wallace and Gromit is my favorite. Uh, uh, how about George Carlin? It's uh, no, uh, yeah, cause, uh, so I've never, like, I, I never read any of them. Hunter S. Thompson, David Foster Wallace. There are too many. You can't read them all. No, no. And they are, and sometimes they're, they're a mess. And I am a fix it kind of person where oh, I'm just sure. like, how is that guy? And they're like, well, they've killed themselves, Jackie. You are no longer fixable. <laughs> can I help now? <laughs> uh, can I help somebody else? Uh, somebody who really likes that guy. All right. Well, that guy's great. But anyway, oh, you yeah. should. So, yeah, so when I go through these hard times, uh, like I'll be, I'll find myself on stage, like, uh, and actually maybe be getting laughs in the same way of right. that, you know, that more emotionally, like not that I'm like guarded all the time, but just normally I'm in, when I'm performing, I'm in a decent mood. I'm like, hey, this is fun. Right. We're having a great time, right? You're not. I am. That's fine. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm at least having a good time. That's what I care about. But and I remember one time, this is a, I'll, this is like the closest I'll get to, uh, to, like I said this on stage. I was like, I think, uh, an audience wasn't enjoying something. And I was like, what do you want? Do, like, who do you guys like? Do you like, like, you want Mark Marin? Like, fine. I was masturbating with a washcloth and I cut my penis. Is that, is that com? Is that it? Is that, <laughs> is that what I should do? Uh, and people enjoyed that. Right. They enjoyed that. And I, well, m- currently I'm enjoying your ghost junk. Oh, thank you. And, yeah. uh, very nice. It's fun to talk to people. Like, I really like, I mean, I've, I started, I feel like I used to say more things that were like overtly anti what people believed in like oh okay. like not saying like you guys are wrong about everything but being like oh trying to couch it at least like oh the most extreme religious people are oh. doing some wrong things you right. know whereas like i would still i would st- i would say that that's, right, right that's a thing that's true and it's not a bad place to start from if you're going to do a joke about religion because yes. you're like you're not talking about the norm you're talking about extremism so you're talking about extreme ghost uh lovers oh yeah an extreme that's what i'm speaking of when i speak of extreme pet owners exactly because i love a dog i genuinely do yeah, nobody's, uh, like, people are, are not bothering, most people aren't bothering anybody with right. what they do. I mean, in aggregate, perhaps, if they, <laughs> you know, if they, you know, you donate money to the church that then does the bad thing, like, ghosts probably, like, I, I can't see, unless you're going out of your way to, uh, put on, like, Scooby-Doo style masks <laughs> and, like, scare, be like, we have to get people all believing in ghosts and actually stabbing people and be like, oh, it must have been a ghost that, did. like, very few people are going that far. Why isn't that ghosts. a new Scooby-Doo plot? <laughs> that guy would be the best evil, because you know how, like, the new Scooby-Doo, the ghosts are real? Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, because in the old Scooby-Doo, it was always some old Person guy, right? Person with a mask. I, I like the idea. I, I had this idea the other day that of a Scooby-Doo, this will just be a, probably a joke. I'm not going to, maybe I'll, I know a guy who writes some Scooby-Doo <laughs> All movies. right, well, let's pass him on. Uh, Marley, if you're listening. Uh, right. That guy was on the dork for us. Oh, great. Marley, Marley Halpern Grazer. Grazer, yeah. yeah. He's a, he's an, a, a, we met in Boston when we both started doing comedy there. He's that an, guy. an Emerson guy. Oh, cool. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I have an idea for, it'll be people, but then they pull their heads off and it's a monster. 
Uh, yeah, I didn't expect that coming. Well played. Well played. <laughs> it would be. <laughs> so, oh, so yeah. So the idea that if somebody comes to see, you know, comedian, like this happened to me the other, I had six great shows at the Hartford Funny Bone. Okay. I said, I said three great shows, two good shows, one fine show. Okay. Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, they were all, yeah. I, I did the job of comedian every time. Right. And Everyone. Enjoyed it immensely three times, enjoyed it great two times, and then was like, okay, that was the show that, that was- I'll, that's that show. <laughs> had, it had its moments and everything was fine. I, I think you just described stand-up comedy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because it's never not fun. Yeah. It's always fun, but sometimes it's just fine. Yeah. And, I mean, at this particular show, there had been one woman who uh, had yelled out at each of the comedians. Oh. Uh, like, at one, one, one comedian had said uh, that he was married and then later said he went to a live sex show. And she was like, what about your wife? Thought you had a wife. And he's like, I, I do. This is a joke. Be quiet. <laughs> he, he said it meaner. Oh, and, my God. Uh, and then during me, I had a joke where I was like, I might, I might get married again, but not just to one person. That sounds risky. Like, mm-hmm. you have only right. two people in a marriage <laughs> with three. And she's just like, good luck with that. I'm like, well, you seem like a lady who is happily married to a man who might not be happily married to you. <laughs> And I was like, and I asked her questions and it didn't make any sense. Maybe she was drunk. And then at the end, I'm like, I'll check back with you later after I've more established that I know right. what, that I'm in control of the situation. And then by the end of the show, I was like, lady, can we talk again? And people were like, she's gone. I'm like, oh, that's good. Oh, excellent. I'm glad she left. But another lady hadn't left and was, came up to me after and said, you are the worst comedian that I've ever seen. I was like, oh, lady, you are the, you have the worst manners. This is a rude <laughs> and mean thing to do. She's like, I'm allowed to tell you. I'm like, well, you're allowed to, but you, I was like, why did you come to the show? She's like, I didn't know what it was going to be. I'm like, well, let that be a lesson, I guess, to. Yes. Some research about the shows you're going to. Nice interaction. Well played. And then her husband pulled her away and she was like, you suck. And I'm like, you suck. And then he was like, watch your mouth, buddy. And I'm like, you watch. I didn't say anything more to that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, because when someone does come up and say that they didn't enjoy the show, you want to say something like, Exactly what you just said. I'm sorry you made a mistake. I was here on purpose getting paid. You, right. uh, my picture's on the thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah, that's the best, that's the best reaction. I did, but well I done. was, it was pretty calm. Yeah. I was glad, uh, to, I was, at first I didn't, and you was, didn't lose yeah. your mind. You know, we're just co- very, especially because like, I mean, usually it's best case scenario. Uh, like, no, if somebody doesn't like you, they don't tell you. They just, they just yeah. walk away. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I, that's I fine. Did, I won't do this again. Right. Uh, and I'm like, goodbye. And right. people are generally polite. Like I'm not, <laughs> right. I'm not an affront to anybody's like, you can live your life. I'll live my life. You haven't destroyed anyone's lives. No. And I, I mean, so usually I can't imagine somebody who's just like, oh man, I want a Doug Stanhope, Mark Marin, Louis CK, Bill Burr. Like I want one of the, and they come to see, you know, like Mike Kaplan must be, uh, he does the exactly. same thing. He has the same job. I thought that Carrot Top and that guy with the puppet were going to be here, yeah. and he's not. Uh, and and it's it's like if you went to go see uh, a magician but didn't know it was a magician. Right. right. If you And, oh, man, this guy's in a suit. Maybe he's going to sing some opera for us. Like, what's that rabbit doing? Right, right. Or you go see it's like Joey Meatball or whoever the hell. Like somebody who's really kind of just – yeah, there's there's so many different kinds of comedy. You really can just do a little research. The internet is there for us. It's, I mean, especially now. Like it used to be much more. It was difficult. more of a crap shot shoot. Yeah. You know, Maria's op- started opening up her set with, um, you know, uh, she said, you know, I don't know, I don't know if you guys all know what you're about to see. And then she tells a story about how she really has always liked Steven Spielberg uh, because she liked E.T. And then she went and saw War Horse, which is a snuff film about horses. And she's like, this is not what I wanted to see. And she's like, so if you think that that's what's happening, if I am your war horse, don't worry about it. She said, channel Martin Luther King or the da- or uh, Gandhi. And she said, and rise, rise to your feet and silently march. 
and that and I won't take it personal and you'll get to continue to live your life. It was and yeah, additionally, if people, you know, anybody, if you want to hurt a, feel, a comedian's feelings, like saying something will do that, but yeah. legitimately like walking away quietly, I'm like, oh, that's a reasonable person who didn't enjoy this. <laughs> that's even worse. Right. I thought I was doing well. Mm, not so much. But yeah, so big fan of time travel. And, uh, I, right. so words are, so yeah, I'm made of words and, uh, <laughs> I, how about how about college? You went to Emerson. I, I went to Brandeis for my undergrad, okay. and then I got a master's in linguistics at Boston University. Holy shit! Uh, because when I went to Brandeis, I noticed I I mean I'd always liked grammar, like as part of English. Like if in English class, it was half reading things and then half like diagramming sentences. Oh my god! I want to learn how to diagram sentences again. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, it's really kind of fun. Where you're like, oh yeah, that's where that. Especially is. when you don't have to. Like that's, right. people like learning. People don't like to be taught. You know. <laughs> Um, fair enough. Because I didn't, yeah. So I can't, I don't know if I can do it right now for you, but, uh, I mean. Maybe after. Basically, I mean, there, and it's also, the science has changed. I do have a master's, but I, they've probably done some more research since then. Everything I know might be theoretically false. Right, because they're redoing everything now, right? They're teaching people how to, like, the, the math, you no longer carry the number, I guess? Oh yeah, it, it is very strange. Uh, I'm glad that I don't have children for many reasons, and, uh. Because how could you help them with their homework? If yeah. you don't, you're like, well, that's, I know how to do that, but I don't know how to teach to whatever you're, how you're learning it. There was some, I, somebody tweeted like a picture of a kid's answer to a thing that was like, tell me how you got the answer to this. I think I saw this on Colbert. It was oh, okay. so funny. Uh, the kid was like, the answer is like two plus three is math in my head and then putting it out through my pencil, you know, something like that. <laughs> it's like, I thought about the numbers in my brain magic and mm-hmm. then uh, yeah. expelled it from my body. Right. It shouldn't be that big of a, yeah. So, so a degree in linguistics. Now, does that mean that you had to study other languages or was it all English? It, I, I mostly, my, one of my first jokes was that I was in a linguistics uh, program that I only speak English. So I do a lot of English to English translation <laughs> and give some examples of that. Uh, I would like an example of that. I think it was like, so uh, if you're on the phone and somebody says, uh, oh, I guess uh, I'll let you go. That means I want to go. Uh, <laughs> or like, uh, I think we should see other people as I want to see other people or already am. And right. I want you to die. Uh, <laughs> Those sorts of okay, things, but cool. yeah, I do not. I do not speak any other languages fluently currently. Okay, I could. You did need some passable knowledge of a language as a requirement for the degree, but to study linguistics, there are people who are out there in the field, like ling- linguistic sort of anthropologists, gathering okay. data and then coming back and reporting on it, and so sort of like, oh, now we know this is what happened. Somebody has to study other languages, right? But everybody doesn't. So okay, some people can be like, hey, in Korean they have two Bs, we only have one B, or like weird, yeah, like yeah. so one is like voiced or one and one is voiceless or one is aspirated and one is unaspirated. Okay, and in fact, we in English. Uh, the thing that we think of as, let me get as, so there's a, an aspirated P and then our B is actually an unaspirated P. Okay. Uh, for example, the word pit, that's a P, aspirated right. P. The word bit is an unaspirated P, not a B, because think, say the word spit and sort of cut off the S. Spit. Bit. Spit. It's bit. It's bit. It's, yeah. So that's, that's what a P is. All right. For real. It sounds and- like a B. It sounds like a B, and aspirated means uh, the pronunciation part of it. Is that correct? Uh, a- aspiration is like voice, uh, like air, air okay. coming. Like, yeah, so. the air usage to create the word. Yes. Excellent. Airspirated, you can sure. think of it. Sure, airspirated. I will. I air-spirated. will think of it. Yeah. <laughs> like spray, you spray it through the air. That's sure. aspiration. What is, uh, what's the name of your podcast again? Uh, Hang Out With Me. Hang Out With Me and uh, Mike Kaplan, M-Y-K. Q. And, and Q, and 
And MQ. It's Q. It's very M- difficult. Y and then an M. Mike I, with a Q. I legitimately am thinking about making it spelled regular again, if that's a thing that I can do. Did you do it? I did it. You did it. Did, did you do it, it when you were 13? Around then, yes. Because that's when, when I became pe- a man. That's, uh, that's when, I when, yeah. <laughs> when you became a man. Oh yeah. You're like, I'm, that's when that brain stuff started happening. Yeah, yeah. It's, I wanted to put a Q in mine, in Jackie. J-A-Q-U-I. And my stepmother said to me, you're not pulling any of that 13 year old bullshit ah. on me. <laughs> I might have been, I have to check. I know exactly when I did it because it was right after Prince changed his name to a symbol. That was my inspiration. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, I know a Jackie. Do you know Jackie Furback, a comedian in New York? I don't, J-A- but I think I've met her. J-A-Q-I uh, is her yeah. name. And, I would have uh, went Q-U-I personally. I understand. But, it's, you know. I mean, it's not necessary. It's like, and we, look, you guys would be different. It would be just for fun. We are, yeah, it is That's all, why I wanted to do it. And here's the thing is, uh, I've talked about this with Zach Sherwin, who previously went by the name MC Mr. Napkins. Right. Recently. Is he done with MC oh, he, Mr. Yeah, Mr. He, Napkins? Yeah, he retired it in 2013. And okay. he got rid of a, you know, a lucrative, not lucrative, but a, a very well, uh, endowed YouTube channel. Yeah. That, for Mr. Napkins and started a new one at Zach Sherwin, his regular name. He's like, put a video at the end of the old one saying, I'm done with that name. Here's why. And then started new videos. And, uh, he's like, and that's what I want to do. That's who I am. This is what it's about. And so I'm like, oh yeah, that would be neat, fun, good for me. Like, I mostly don't care. Like, because right. mostly it doesn't matter because sounds and, you know, it's all like, oh, a marriage. Uh, license just is, oh, it's a piece of paper right. indicating that something means something. But, you know, as long as we know the things, like you could live with somebody without that and yeah. still agree to be with them for whatever amount of time or you could rip up that paper and it doesn't mean anything. Right, and then move on. And so with with the name spelling, I feel like the criticism I get sometimes is that it seems very, like like your, whoever, whichever, your aunt. Your stepmother. Stepmother. Uh, it's very look at me, you know, it's like uh, people are like, oh, I, I see. You want, you want people to pay attention to you. Is it? <laughs> and I'm like, and it's funny because I feel like I'll get that, that kind of attitude from other comedians sometimes. You right. Know, not, not as a direct affront, but, but we're all, we're all in the look at me business. This That's is, what the business is, yeah. it turns out. It's and show, sh- you know, what are we showing? Uh, us. That's, yeah. Uh, and, hey, don't look at me is a very strange comedian. Essentially, it's another comedian going, God, I wish I had that. <laughs> <laughs> is what it feels yeah, like. Everybody's than... jealous. Everybody's... J-E-L-Z. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exactly. Now I can imagine that you and Zach Sherwin would be would would be uh, get along a house of fire. We are very good friends because he is a wordy dude himself. I feel like yeah, we are. Our brains do very similar things, and but they are filtered and then realized, you know, manifested differently. His through rap more frequently than right. mine. Right, and he he de- he definitely um, yeah. What he's doing is it's comedy. And it's, it's just, it's more an examination of, of, like what, co- what comics do is just an examination of their lives and they, and how they perceive things. And then he does, he puts it to music. Yeah. Rap, I mean, rhymes are such a, it's a, as difficult to explain why they are rewarding as is, as where comedy comes from. Like where, what makes an unexpected thing fun? I mean, that's what a rhyme yeah. is. It's like, oh, like sometimes rhymes are like you could just have like I I just saw Paul do you know Paul Barman? No. He is an MC. MC okay. Paul Barman, he is wonderful. Okay. He has also similar in his raps, like he has anagrams and acronyms and acrostics and palindromes and like one like uh t- beautiful wordplay. Okay. Like, here's uh like uh whoa, I don't know why I wrote him up now, but uh like here an example of one of his rhymes is like my dandy voice makes even the most anti choice granny's panties moist. And, oh my god. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, he is Super duper. And so I saw him 
I was actually, I drove with him to a show, uh, uh, recently. Yeah. And, uh. Where's he out of? He is in New York City. And uh, his name is Paul? Paul Barman. Barman. B-A-R-M-A-N. Uh, yeah, there's, he's got a probably, you know, a n- number of albums and sure. videos and such. So check that out, folks, yeah. too. Uh, absolutely. Do check. And so, Zach, oh, what were we talking? We are talking about rhyme. And just, it's so strange why rhyme, like, what does, oh yeah, I remember. He, so I was gonna say one of his rhymes was something like, uh, boobs, asses, faces, uh, and then he rhymes that with, went into a place and got some used glasses cases. And <laughs> so like, initially just delightful, like, oh, those are, you know, those are things nice that we things all that, enjoy. Yeah. Yes. Like, and they, boobs, asses, faces kind of go together as sure. a thing. And the other thing, so you could have things that rhyme and mean nothing together. Like I read, read that Eminem growing up, like would just, he would write a sentence and then he'd write as many things under it that, that rhymed with that sentence. Like whether they made sense or not, just like okay. exercising the rhyming muscles. And then, so eventually you build up those muscles the same way yeah. many comedians start off by, doing jokes that eventually they're ashamed of, don't care about. They're like, that's stupid. It's a dick right. joke. It's whatever it is. But it's what helps you uh, hone the muscle of becoming a comedian. And then maybe later, not everybody has to then turn it inwardly or get philosophical. But, you know, Paul Tompkins' first album, Impersonal. Now, mm-hmm. many personal stories. Like, Louis, originally much more absurd. Now, yeah. talking about his life and life in general. Yeah. Like, so many people, like, learn how to do the thing. And right. so with rhymes as well, I feel like there's rhymes that are – that. Say nothing, but they're still fun. Right. Like wordplay that doesn't have any greater connection. Okay. But then there's like sometimes a rhyme or a wordplay has this greater thing and then it has even more power. Like a poem that rhymes and means something. Yeah. Is more powerful to me than one that doesn't. Like one of my favorite wordplays, I think it was from the movie The 25th Hour or possibly they took it from somewhere else. Okay. But, uh, it was, uh. But it was in the movie. The it was 25th. in the movie, definitely. It was, uh, champagne for my real friends and real pain for my sham friends. <laughs> Oh, nice. And like it, and another Eminem one that's really great is, uh, everybody in this place will miss you if you try and make a racial issue out of my facial tissue. Wow. Like it's just, and it's more, the more things are added to it, the more impressive it gets. Like he has one song on his new album that has pretty much one rhyme scheme for the whole song. Which and, one? Uh, Legacy is the song. Yeah. On, that's a great song. That I just, I just the Marshall learned, Mathers. Yeah. The Marshall Project. LP2. LP2. And I, I learned all the words to it and just sort of got it down yesterday. There's so many things in it that I've are been so trying, I've been, beautiful. Right. There's at least four great songs on that album. Oh, yeah. I've been listening to them, and I was like, I want to learn Headlights. Headlights I learn, is beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's that whole thing about his mom. He's and, apologizing for all the other songs that he wrote about his mom. Yeah, and he's like, I don't even play those at concerts anymore. And I cringe when I hear them on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the rap, and Rap God. Oh, of course. Rap God's amazing, and and... But Legacy is so beautiful. Is that the one about when he was in, in, in high a school? child. When he was yeah. a kid? Yeah, it's about him growing up and discovering. He's like rhyming. somebody's eyeballing him? Oh yeah, uh, some cocksucker, some, some cocksucker shoved me into a locker cause he said that I eyeballed him. Yeah. It's such, and it's so powerful and it's so like, well what about those rhymes I'm making, you know? Yeah. And, and they're kind of giving me confidence. Yeah, it just gives it, there's hope there and it's it's yeah it's from the beginning of the the first verse is just about how he had a horrible home life you know yeah. his dad wasn't there he was he didn't know how to be friends with anybody in school he was just afraid yeah. and then the second verse he discovers rhyme and mm-hmm. the fir- third verse is oh i'm the best rapper <laughs> it's just like this beautiful process at, yeah. of seeing and you kind of i mean like I feel like we all potentially ideally have that progression in our life where of course we're afraid 
because when we're when we're kids, we don't know what the hell we're doing. And then you find something, hopefully. Hopefully, you find anything. Yeah. Whether it's skateboarding or or, or comedy, another person yeah. caring about you, whatever it is, yeah. something, a connection to something that you're good at and care about in yeah. life. And then, ideally, best case scenario, uh, you're you, better than everybody else at it, and right. you murder them. Yes. <laughs> or you're just really good at it and happy in your work. Yeah. That also is nice. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> That is nice. That is nice. And then, but what I like is, uh, uh, there was that, other, there's that other song on that album where he talks about how he wanted, he wanted so much to be famous and then now he just wants to live in Detroit. Oh yeah. And he's like, I'm always, he's always like, I'm taking a dump at the, uh, at the McDonald's and the guy's like slips a napkin. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh good, we're out of, we're out of toilet paper, I'm gonna use that. And then he, and then he throws it at him and says, you're the shit. And what I really hope is that he didn't actually do that. Uh, and then he's he just kidding. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's just kidding. And then, and then he's, he's in the, he's in the Kroger's or he's at the grocery store. Yeah. And the guy's like, you have crow's feet. And he rhymes the most unlikely stuff. Oh and yeah. And, it's just, it's, all of that stuff is so great. Next time you talk to Zach, I don't know if you've seen him do, have you seen him do his Twinkie Burger song? Yes, I have which, seen the- Which is all about that Eminem rhyming things that don't rhyme. He sent me the album and then I bought the album because oh, I yeah. wanted to be supportive. That's and, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he was like, well, you have to hear this album. And so Zach Sherwin, you should go and check out Zach Sherwin, of course. Yes. And he's been on the show. And Eminem. He has not been on the show, I don't think. Eminem has not been on the show. He'd you might want to check him out. Yeah. And, uh, but he, but, but Zach Sherwin also did this thing about how, uh, Wolverine. Oh yeah. yeah uh, he's a song. Circumcising Wolverine. Is right. Yeah. It's that you can't circumcise Wolverine because everything regrows. Yeah. And, uh, and it's a metaphor to, uh, you know, tasks that are impossible, that never, that never end. Oh, like the Sisyphusy or yeah. is it Sisyphus? Sisyphusian, yes. Was yeah, he pushing the rock? The, yeah. Okay. He's discussed in the song as well. Did you ever study like Latin or anything? I took Latin for a year in high school and a semester in college. So okay. I, I know some of it. I know some things about it. Right. I mean, you got the basics. You, yeah. You know how it relates to other uh, languages. I know how, I know why we have some of the rules in English because people were trying to, they're like, oh, it should be like Latin. Latin's perfect. Latin's perfect because it's dead and doesn't change. They're like, oh yeah, we want to have English be like that. No, no, we don't want it to be dead, but that's why no, you can't, that's why the people say don't end a sentence with a preposition because that would never happen in Latin. Uh, oh, because right. you'd always have the, uh, something after that preposition. Where the subject was the end, if I remember correctly, or the verb. They would do different things. Like, there technically was no necessary word order. Like, they, like that was a the thing. There was some, like, standard word order. Like, mm-hmm. they'd be like, this is generally what you do. Right. But yeah, if, if there was a preposition, they would always pretty much be another noun after it. Right. And like, no splitting infinitives, which was impossible because infinitives were just one word, like they are in, you know, French or Spanish. Right. So you're like, oh yeah, we don't have split infinitives because that would be tearing the word apart. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's crazy. But then obviously, to boldly go where no man has gone before, like, it's that- just- that's fine. That's a, it's a poetic thing to say in English, which means different, means something different than to go boldly yeah. or boldly to go. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, it's fine. It's fine to have rules and no rules, but it makes sense to have reasons for them and then get rid of them if you don't want them. Right. If they don't work. It's yeah. uh what, um, yeah, are there, are there, so what, what do you, who are your favorite authors to read? Uh, right now I'm loving George Saunders. Uh, do you know George Saunders? I do not. Oh, man, offhand, you should absolutely no. start knowing George Saunders. <laughs> uh, the first thing I read of him was The Brain Dead Megaphone, uh, which is nonfiction essays. Uh, and the two, the, the name, the first thing is named for, I kind of, I just thought, should I spoil it? It's, uh, all right. 
I don't, um, it's not, it's not like a major spoiler point, but the, the meaning of the brain dead megaphone is essentially like, he's like, imagine you're at a party. This is what one essay is about. And somebody's talking very loudly. And so you can't help but hear, even if it's nonsense, it doesn't matter what they're, you don't care about what they're talking about. But so you, whoever you're talking to, you're like, can you believe that guy talking about this stuff? And now all of a sudden you're talking about the thing he's talking about because he's so loud. And that, so it's like, that's the media. So that's the media <laughs> is just, they're all saying the same unimportant things. And that makes, that shapes our conversation, uh, because they're this oh, okay. brain dead megaphone oh that's awesome uh and there's a, a a thing in it where he's talking about like he's also writes fiction which is i just read the finished the 10th of december which is his most i think as of now most recent thing okay. he also has a very recent thing about kindness which is like i think congratulations by the way which is a transcribed graduation speech that he gave oh, okay and he's just like the biggest regrets i have in my life are just when i just stood by while somebody was mean to somebody else. Okay. Like a little girl. He's like, I was nice to this girl that everybody else picked on, but even that I felt like I should have done more. Like I feel bad that I didn't like tell other people to not be mean to her, you Mm -hmm. know? And it's just so much kindness and, but, and also like sort of incisive, just like there's these poignant things. Like I don't have a lifelong partner uh, that I, you know, that I'm, that somebody's dying and we care about each other and we have this history and children. (laughs) But in this, one of these essays, I'm like, Oh, I understand what it is like to have, like, I, I'm like, I want, I want a dying husband or, you know, something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just really, so his, it's like a lot of sci-fi stuff kind of, I mean, it's it's, his fiction often takes place in like these, like sort of not post-apocalyptic, but just sort of like slight future places where you're like, Oh, that's like, there's a one, a story where there's drugs that you take a drug, one drug and it makes you talk better. Okay. It, it, like, it, vocabulize. It's not, it's not what it's called, but something right. like that. It would be called. And he makes up these, you know, fun names for people and things and just. Like, so his word, the, his use of, of language is amazing. Yeah. I mean, and, but incisive also, too. Yeah. And, yeah. He's, the way he's saying things is amazing and the things that he's saying are also beautiful and important. Okay. Like, so it's like, you know, like a wordplay that has meaning. Yeah. Yeah. But a much larger word. That, that sounds. Opus. Yes. And he's, and he's holding forth and it's great. That's yeah. So I love yeah George Saunders absolutely. Uh, I'm also reading Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. Okay, uh, which is like you know more nonfiction, non- non-fiction like Dan Ariely kind of social science stuff. Do you know Dan Ariely? I don't. Oh, this guy I love his. He wrote Predictably Irrational, describing <laughs> human behavior. Okay, uh, and the honest truth about dishonesty. Okay, and like he does these experiments with, which demonstrate like here's one thing that I learned from one of these books about and the something about another book about irrationality where you know how at the end of your taxes, I think it says uh sign here to say that this is all true. Right. But if by that point, if you've lied, you lied and you're like, well, I'm just going to sign it anyway. Right. He's like, there are experiments like at some schools where they have like an honor code. If you have at the top of the test, if the top of the form before you start, I promise that I will not lie. Then people wow. lie less. People want to think of themselves as good people. So if you make them think of themselves as good people, then they become better people. So he's like, that. I think they, they pitched that to the IRS and they're like, we can't make people promise something in advance because they haven't done it yet. So we have to say, I, but it would make the world. It would, it would make better. the, yeah, it would make the tax form a little more accurate. So I like, I like those. Uh, and then those are, of, that sounds great. A lot of comics, graphic novels, mind management. Have you read that? Oh, wait. Mind MGMT. Yeah, it's a it's a futuristic. Um, yeah, what sci-fi who, who mystery? Wrote that? Matt, I don't know how to say his last name. K i n d t. Kint or kind? Okay. Uh, or kind. He is. Right. I love that guy. That mind management. It is really. I think like Damon Lindelof or somebody from Lost. We were collecting that one. Okay. And it stopped. 
Oh, really? And you're like, because I don't think it finished, did it? I mean, I have two complete volumes Graphic. of it. Yeah, okay. There's one full story and then a second story. That is just continuing. Uh, and I, I hope there are more, but yeah. it's possible that there is only that much. Okay. And but, that's fine too, but. Yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, hey, like you don't have to do it for me, but, uh. <laughs> Be nice if yeah. you wrap that up. Anything? Yeah, Anything? please. Right. Uh, did you do another stuff? Write more <laughs> Spider-Man now? Okay. I get it. I get it. No, I get it. We all have, I love Kyle Baker so oh, much. Oh, yeah. And, um, the fact that he hasn't put anything out in years has just made me sad. And then I go, well, I know he has kids. Yeah. I'm sure he's writing something that's lucrative. I like, yeah. I mean, there's enough people that I like that I, everything there's, you know, yeah, I, I, I find I, something else and I explore new things pretty frequently. Like yeah. if I, if I read the back and it has like three or four quotes from either people I've heard of and like, right. Then I'll be like, Oh yeah. Then I, I guess if this guy, if Ed Brubaker likes it, then maybe I will enjoy it. I was just thinking about Ed Brubaker. Oh, he, yeah. uh, he, his, uh, his, one of his projects got option for a movie. Which one? I don't know. Oh, great. And, uh, he just tweeted about it and I forgot the name of it. That's fine. So I thought I'd bring that up. He's great. Uh, he's always yeah, great. He's, he's been favorites. on the show. Oh, he's wow. been on the dork forest. That's super. That was a get. And, uh, and he was so time. funny because when, uh, when, when I met him, he goes, so, have you read anything of mine or did you, someone just tell you that I would be fun? And I said, I have these items I would like you to sign. And I've read everything you've read. Oh yeah. I love his, his iron fist. Uh, oh, that iron fist was it's, amazing. It's like reading a movie. Like it's. Yeah. Just... That's what, I mean, his captain, his he, captain winter America. soldier yeah. was his oh, captain yeah. America, right? Yeah, he made, he made it happen. Yeah. He, yeah. So they should make an iron fist with that. Cause that iron fist was amazing. I could reread that at any time. And so interesting. Cause like growing up, uh, like talking about, like, when you were talking earlier about, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy, they were hardly in, I don't even care who's in the story as right. long as I like the person who's writing it. Like, there's, like, some, on, Dare, on Ed Brubaker's Daredevil run, Daredevil's in jail, amazing. and Iron Fist is, like, taking over for Daredevil. Yep. Like, who can, like, when people are like, isn't Daredevil, I don't like the character Daredevil. I'm like, you don't, who can, don't, like, no. none of the, no character means that, I mean, I like Spider-Man, but there's yep. bad Spider-Man stories. Yep. Like, it depends who is writing it. Like, I'm really Totally. Into- and then, and then his indie stuff, like, right now I'm reading Velvet. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I don't, is, I've not read that yet. That's not, a, not been collected yet. No, I think it, we're only at like five. I've, yeah, but Criminal so, and, uh, Incognito. Incognito, the superhero witness, witness protection, protection supervillain. Super yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Brubaker, anything. I'm in. Gotham Central. Uh, yeah, he, he knows what he's doing. That, it turns out, not a hobby, that guy. Oh, so, yeah. So good for him. Yeah, not a flash in the pan. Right. So this will drop, uh, near the end of May. Perfect. And you have a small dork and handsome. Handsome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Many Which people is, have trouble saying it. Is it? Well, I mine is called "This Will Make an Excellent Horcrux." Oh, sure. And I've had to tell the last three weeks because it's been out for three weeks. MCs, and they're just like, if they haven't read Harry Potter, <laughs> they're screwed. And then if they have, they're just like, I was like, just tell them the Horcrux in the title. It'll don't even worry about it. <laughs> and just get me up there. It'll be fun. Something about the important part of the prostitutes. <laughs> Okay, so but the yes. um, it's also going to be on Netflix, right? Yes, it will. By if this, if the you're video. listening to this in May 2014, the end of or beyond, yes, it is on Netflix. Uh, you can search for it. Uh, please do and uh, look at it and watch it and make it make other people do it and ra- All of rate that. It the high numbers and then also you can download it on iTunes or wherever you download. Things uh, audio, audio wise. Oh, the audio wise yeah, is on uh, iTunes and iTunes, Amazon, Amazon probably. And I, I will have physical CD copies as well. There you go. And, and you could probably uh, do previews on uh, Pandora and Spotify. Oh, I'm sure that, so uh, knock yourself I'm out. sure I'll get a few pennies uh, sure. from those people as that well. That bleeds yeah. off. It's Absolutely. all going to work out. Yeah. And, uh, hanging out with 
Hang out with me. Which I have done. You've been on twice. A, yeah, a couple episodes. And, uh, the, for some reason, hang out with me. No, it it's, it's very difficult because it sounds like when it, people will introduce me, they'll be like, Hey, what do you want me to say? I'm like, doesn't matter. Like he's got this great podcast called Hanging Out with This Guy, Mike Kaplan. Here he is. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, ah, because it's also weird to be like, hang out with me with Mike, you know, like, yeah. it's, I, so I say it's like by me. I'm like the author of the podcast. <laughs> Hang out with me by Mike Kaplan. By Mike Kaplan. <laughs> Dear right. readers and listeners. <laughs> and so that's super fun. And then they can see you do start live stand up comedy probably yeah. from MikeKaplan.com and Facebook to, yeah. and Twitter. Go to What's Mike Kaplan. Uh, it's Mike Kaplan. M-Y-Q-K-A-P-L-A-N. Uh, everywhere. And just the only thing that's, I mean, the podcast you can get through my website, but it's also at KeithandTheGirl.com slash hang. Oh, excellent. So you're on their network. Their network. Well, good for you. Thank you. Thank you for being on the program. I thank you for having me. All right. Take care out there. Bye. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. (laughs) My hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay. Oh, my God. We Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?